0: Hey, folks, this is Matt here, Uh, jumping right in to let you know, just to remind you, uh, this is part two of our two-part conversation with our good new friend, Christina. We want to thank her again for coming on, giving us some of her time, and uh, stretching it out into two episodes. That turned out to be serendipitously very helpful. A couple of things coming up. Uh, Patreon subscribers, tweet at us. Let us know uh, who you want us to curse at. Uh, Mike, as far as I'm concerned, you could just tweet those at me. Like, that's probably the more efficient way to get that. Uh, because we have two very special episodes coming up. One, episode 99, happening next. Not this one, next episode. Uh, we'll feature a man who has interacted with our show before but has never been on it. And we're very excited to have him on to talk about some beer-related shenanigans going on here in the province Secondly, episode one fucking hundred. We did it. Episode one hundred coming up. Uh, we got some big plans for that. Uh if you're a longtime listener of the show and you want to be casually involved in episode one hundred, uh slide right, right into our old DMs at drink this pod and uh we can talk. Uh until then, enjoy part two of our conversation with Christina. Take it away.
1: I drink whiskey. And read in the bath by candlelight. So I got one that I could read in the dark. I'm fancy as fuck, (laughs) bitches. Fancy as fuck.
0: You are now tuned in to Drink
1: This Podcast Matt and Paul G. Chatting top quality, you know they always got a free talk policy. Guests speak honestly, no apology. Full spectrum from politics to comedy. Please listen responsibly. A few brew in, chance of animosity. A couple more brew, and the crew getting wobbly. No matter, this the Park Place of podcast monopoly. Drink this podcast. Anyway, anyway, um, moving on. I just went down a little path here. Would you like some more? I would
0: love some more. Fabulous. Fabulous. We're almost done, you know.
1: Oh, I'm, I'm not even like two sheets to the wind. I'm only 1.5. That's good
0: enough. Like two sheets. So if you go back in the archive, there is, we used to, when we started the show, it was me and Paul G and Paul J. Mm -hmm. Uh, and we were, the first like several tens of episodes were recorded directly into my MacBook, uh, which is, they're terrible. Um, but the first episode we had microphones on, we batch recorded three and that third episode, (laughs) oh shit. Juicy? Oh, and not even juicy. It's just like, it's, you can hear three 20 somethings get shit-faced over the course of like four hours and just get belligerent and it's it's something some of them are something
1: (laughs) so question sure fire away question then what makes you tick and what makes you do what you do in industry in beer yeah i mean yeah. See, see, this is you're on the other side of the uh, yeah, on the other side uh, of the table
0: now. Like I, sometimes I sit quietly and listen, and sometimes I ask a lot of questions. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Like I got into, I have never since I was 18. Twice have I worked non-retail liquor jobs, and once one of those jobs was like in the industry <laughs> still. Yes. Um. So I like I was a telemarketer for a month. Uh and I worked delivery truck drive a delivery truck for depot for a year.
1: I sound like I want to kill myself right now. Oh, Sorry. <laughs> um
0: <laughs> so I've always worked liquor retail. Mm-hmm. Like always. And yep. i like, I might have had another job but always had a job in liquor retail. Uh so like from eighteen to twenty-four, like what else was I gonna fucking do? Like mm-hmm. uh I, it was my university job because it was like right down the street from where I lived and I could do my homework. Like yep. I could do my readings. Uh, and then I started... Oh, you... Okay. So uh, after university, I moved to Edmonton. I hosted karaoke for a while, which surprise, surprise, not a sustainable career choice. Weird. Um, Weird. Yeah. But a fun Weird. job for a while. Uh, especially when you're like 22 and uh-huh. fresh out of university. It was great uh so i moved back to calgary and i moved in with dad and i was sleeping on like this little single bed in like my childhood bed yep uh and i started working at fourth street liquor and wine uh 14th and what 18th avenue
1: something like that yeah yeah yep
0: um for a high volume store uh so serge who last i heard was like Sales director for Constellation, or sales okay. something for Constellation. I knew him when he was the Oyster Bay rep. Yep. Um, uh, Brian from Pure Global, or
1: but what, but what makes you tick? Like, what do you mean? What, what makes it? me tick? What's, what what does you, your question mean? What makes it? What makes you want to do what it is that you're doing? Like what is it to the? What is it that it really aligns with your core values? Or really like. For me, why I do what I do and why I throw myself, so, invest myself so personally into what it is that I do is, you know, once again, creating an experience and, and kind of a little bit, the, the mad science behind it and pulling apart and dissecting and putting back together and, and machinations and working with people and creating relationships. And, and at the end of the day, feeling so wonderfully exhausted, um, and having, Created and being part of something greater than just myself is why I do what I do. So, what is it? What is it that makes you tick? Of why it is that you do what you do?
0: Okay. So dramatic silence. Uh, I've I've been thinking about this a lot because um, the industry has changed a lot from what when I got into it. You're fucking killing me, Smalls. Um, it's fine. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, so when I started taking an interest in beer, uh, then this is kind of like, so at 4th Street, I learned things. I learned about wine and mm-hmm. I learned about, uh, it was a lot of wine. Like that was the deal. So we would like, we would try shit and we would hang out after work and drink beer, drink wine and, uh, uh. <laughs> and, and talk to Spock. the, you really are. <laughs> Uh, And talk to the reps about shit and, like, want to learn things about that. Like, oh, so there's, like, there's more. Like, every great discovery in my life is based on, oh, that's what that's about? Like, that's what you're doing over Mm -hmm. here? Um, So, from there, I move to Edmonton and I end up – and, like, I kind of retain some of my wine guy cred. uh, And I worked a delivery truck for a year and then I left that job or – was asked to leave that job uh and ended up at select on Mm -hmm. 149th street uh and so they were and i was like developing an interest in beer like i grew up in a big rock household so like good beer was never an anomaly to me like i always knew that existed but wild rose is definitely my like craft cred right like that's my craft beer gateway Mm -hmm. Um, so like it's a building block, right? So like I learned that this is a that this is something that's possible. And then you learn that there's stuff to learn about that. Yep. Uh, and there's a lot like there's styles. And so like, it's all about like, oh, this is a thing. Like I can, I can take an interest in this. Mm -hmm. Great. But like getting up to sell it and like, I work for four guys who I really fucking love. Yep. Uh, and I think they do goddamn good I know. Work. I love them. Yeah. I love them, too. Uh, yeah. They're my people, for yep. sure. Uh, and that certainly helps. Yep. Uh, but, like, the industry has grown and changed a lot. And the beer is a great equalizer, right? Like, in my mind, the thing we sell is inherently and intrinsically, at, at all times, slightly plebeian. Um <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously. Like, it's yep. It's not a drink for fancy folk. Um, I mean, it can be. It can be. I'm not saying... It, so, but-
1: so just to put it out there, I have a tattoo on my hand, down the side of my hand, that is fancy as fuck. But it's you great. only see the fancy, and then my blazer and my shirt generally covers it, so you don't see the rest of it, because we be fancy. <laughs> <As> <laughs> I be, fuck. I be fancy when I drink my beer. Um... <laughs> So, so I get the premise that you're talking about. Yeah. There is a there is a a basic foundational common denominator mm-hmm. that beer is a working man's totally drink.
0: Um, and so like I enjoy that I get to boost this thing that is that is in theory could be a hundred percent homegrown. So like as the great equalizer, like it's never going to be wine. Like I, I on some level don't tell anybody this sometimes i drink out of the can because like why dirty a dish um (laughs) don't look at me like
1: that we used to be friends
0: (laughs) (laughs) come on we're still friends Uh, just (laughs) so like i i do enjoy that i get to be a part of of growing a homegrown industry that creates something interesting because like i'm a big believer in foster's uh, Foster used to talk about big rock as like, oh, they had the audacity to make b- brown beer in the eighties. Like my God. Oh gosh. Um, so.
1: But, it's like it, saying cunt in Canada, really. Yeah, right. Do you like how I tied that back in? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs>
0: um, so like what makes me tick is I get to like be a part of this thing that's, and and I've got to be a part of it from a pretty early stage, uh, that is, that equalizes people, that brings mm-hmm. them together, that. Like, everyone at some point has been on a lower rung of the ladder than they were before. And this is the thing that binds us all. Yeah. Uh, and if I can do that in a cool way, like, in a way that's more, like, a fraction of more imaginative than fizzy yellow X, then, mm-hmm. like, I think I did a good job that day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, I think. I, you know, but uh,
0: you're also asking a guy who's having like really conflicting thoughts about the industry he works in and where it's going, and like what's going to happen. Sociology in five to 10 years.
1: conflicting. Hmm? Socio sociology conflicting sociological. Yeah, I uh, give me. You know what? I don't, <laughs> I'm not drinking that. You know what? Let's talk about drinking beer from a can. I'm going to get the other back to Dangaree and drink uh, that shit from a can. I might even share some with you. Okay. Okay.
0: I thought we weren't. We were almost not friends because I said I drank from the can.
1: Well, I've got something in my glass right now that.
0: You don't want to drink any. I
1: don't want to drink. (laughs) So sometimes necessity pushes you in ways. Um, Needs
0: must when the devil vomits into your kettle.
1: Correct. There actually is some great photos of me bouncing around on a dance floor on a deck in the sunshine in Australia, drinking Shandon out of a bottle. Anyway, um, that's why I'm fancy as fuck. Um, but no, I totally get what you are saying. Um, I, when we look at the demographic of people who work in our industry as well, uh, some of us, a lot of us, I think, are a little bit socially outcast. Um, uh,
0: oh yeah, we're there's definitely weirdos. Well, involved.
1: Were, there's, there's a lot of us who are weirdos, um intense, nerdy people um who are highly intelligent, sometimes with little social skills, a lot of alpha uh personalities running yeah. around. Um, and I, I once again I do like the fact that beer is is as far as like a um Sociology kind of point of view, or um, it it is really kind of an equalizer. It can bring Mm -hmm. your multi-billionaire, you know, CEO to To the level of of that person or, or bring that you know just even at that playing field of mm-hmm. we're all sitting around and having a beer and and sharing a moment, and once again, that comes down to the thing of why why I do what i do it's it 's not about what 's necessarily in that can but it 's about what 's happening around totally. that product it 's what 's happening about around what is inside that can well,
0: and that plays into like pushing somebody outside of their comfort zone of drinking macro lager right like if you know. That the guy who made this, who really lives, like, ten minutes away from you, and he, like, found this kind of malt that has this and this, and he put this all together, and he created this, like, whole cloth from his own head. Or she. Hmm? Or she. Fair. (laughs) Valid.
1: Totally.
0: I have been called on my shit, and it is valid. Uh, that they created this uh, and they put this together out of their own head and and whole cloth like that that changes people's willingness to think about what's in that glass like to think about what's in that glass is something more personal Mm -hmm. and be open to trying something that's again outside of their comfort zone and like even we have to do that Mm -hmm. like it I realized how much fucking IPA and sour beer I drink like I need to stop this so I don't buy ipa anymore and i don't buy sour anymore i don't it's not that i don't drink them but i make conscious efforts to drink dark beer uh conscious efforts to drink like hefts or something with a yeast strain that like is outside of what i would normally Mm -hmm. do uh because otherwise you become old man slingsby who is pissed that X, Y, and Z is happening or everybody's making one thing or mm-hmm. like nothing new under the sun is happening. Mm-hmm. Cause at a certain point that's on me. Like yeah. I need to go out and find that new thing.
1: That's, that's really interesting. I mean, and we kind of touched on that earlier as well around the conversation of, uh, brand and style, lo- uh, loyalty as far mm-hmm. as millennial demographic go. Um, and also getting up into your ultimate beer snob. Um, and when we look at industry trends as well, as far as the people who are in industry, none of us are really loyal to any kind of thing, because we're always trying to challenge the palate, yeah. trying to challenge the senses, trying to challenge our perception of something, um, and also push the boundaries of of fermentation, of process, and seeing what is what is out there. But I, I'm still like one of the things that I haven't really thought about is that whole equalizer. Sorry, my brain keeps going back to that. I haven't thought about something in that way, and it's super. It's important. It's it needs super to be- interesting.
0: We need to be accessible. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, like as an industry, it's easy to play to a loud but small demographic. And I'm not saying don't make that stuff. In fact, I would like you to only make stuff like that. And by you, I mean, like, the beer world yep. in general. Uh, but I don't have that kind of fucking buying power. And I, like, I understand that. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I feel like we need, as an industry, to be working towards bringing a lot of people in like Jacob used to talk a lot about mediocre beer and like I feel like it was always misinterpreted as like beer that wasn't good but it's not beer that's not good it's just beer that's not crazy adventurous
1: it's it's funny that we talk about this so I'm in conversations with a new brewery that's coming up now and and in in a way kind of consulting on on their brand and mm-hmm. and uh, market differentiation po- differentiation point, and where they stand within uh, within the market now, and one of the things is you know brewing for br- blue collar but yeah. creating something with a with a local connection that 's really really well crafted mm-hmm. um, and it 's not that it 's um, and having worked for another brand before and understanding you know I want to sit down and you know I'm so drawn towards mixed fermentations and barrel aging and mm-hmm. pushing the boundaries of what is You're traditionally into the science of it all put him yeah really i um, pushing of it all. yeah and also challenging my palate of what i what it is that i'm expecting or not expecting um and you know all those sensory kind of uh, um Taking in of those sensory sensory parts. Sorry, I think I'm getting a little drunk.
0: Um, I'm definitely a little drunk. <laughs> so,
1: um, you know, one of the things that I had to realize is that not everybody wants to sit down and and drink an eight uh, percent rhubarb Belgian no, triple. Absolutely and not. In fact, sitting, the amount
0: of people that want to do that is not huge.
1: Yeah, and sitting down and drinking a easy palatable um malt forward light citrus paleo production beer yep. that is good and unflawed is what? is a and and is let's get back to this as well consistent <laughs> Consistency is a word that I love to use and often not adopted within our practices um, for a myriad of reasons. Um, But when we look at the population of who we're dealing with and who is actually going to, you know, keep the lights on within our breweries and within our industries, we need to, we need to play to that that 60, 70%. Mm -hmm. I'm not too sure exactly what those statistics, statistics are, but you know, creating those, you those just play to that
0: demographic that isn't interested in something weird. Yeah. Um, that is, that is looking for something that's not going to demand too much of them. Mm-hmm. Like I really like this Dungry high Deepa, but it asks a lot of me. It asks for my attention, uh, in a very specific way and very directly. She's a sultry bitch. Yeah, she really is. <laughs> She's needy. That's for sure. Um, Whereas, like, when I think about, like, your lager or our lager, like, it's really great beer, but it's not asking for my attention. It's, it's content to be a part of the moment to not be the moment in and of mm-hmm. itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's fucking important because, yep. like, when we drink beer, we... we often go places to do so and we often do so with others yep uh um,
1: it's very rare i sit down and open a beer on my uh, on my own at home yeah
0: i do, i often don't like nope, on a same. friday i will occasionally if i'm like at home in the office in the in the evening or the afternoon i will have a beer
1: so yeah if i'm doing if i'm drinking on my own it's i'm i'm cracking open a bottle of whiskey or scotch at home and, and having a dram in the bath like i'm not mm. opening a beer and, and downing a beer on my own i'm generally but is that creating Um, I think maybe because beer is work, but also if I'm sitting down and, I mean, one of the things that I also have from my athletic practices is I got a certain amount of calories and I'm blowing them all out right here. Yep. Oh, Um, I'm
0: well over tonight. And and I didn't eat that much today.
1: And it's not even that, but, you know, I want to get up. I mean, you and I are going to get up tomorrow morning and go to the gym and be at the gym by 7.30 and (laughs) thanks Ryan Morley. We're going to put him through his paces. Um, But, you know, I want to get up and I want to be able to get either go to the gym or go for a run in the morning and then work all day and and do what it is that I I need and want to do and Mm -hmm. then be able to go back and be with my martial arts team and, and train in the evening. And I can't do that if I'm sitting down and cracking open a beer or two yeah. at the end of the night. It's not good for my body systems. It's, you know, it, it makes me put on weight. It makes me tired. It makes my metabolism slow down. Yep. Um, so when I sit down and, and I think about what it is that I, I want to drink, um, but there is times as well, like, you know, our, our big shoots lager, you know, uses that beautiful Nelson Sauvignon on that, that Australian hop. um, and it's, it's a beautiful, like one of the things I love doing is, is I love standing outside in the snow when it's snowing and drinking that. Hmm. It's crisp. It's clean. The air around me is exactly the same way. We did a photo shoot out at Lake Louise. Um, the Christmas during card photos, yeah, yeah, I
0: thought those, those were great,
1: and it was amazing standing out on the lake and cracking open a big shoot slug, and it was perfect. I was a little hungover, not gonna lie, from the night before. Actually, when I say a little hungover, I was um, adequately hungover from the night before, and it was it was perfect. But once again, it doesn't, It and I didn't want to pay attention to anything, I didn't want to pay attention mm-hmm. to what my, my, my uh, nostrils are sensing, and what 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 the feel is in my mouth, and you know, pick yeah. apart that my my palate. Um, yeah, we need to we need to. I think sometimes really think about underthinking, Abia. Yeah, uh,
0: it's a- also a, a mantra I've adopted for anyone who wants to talk to me about tattoos. Don't overthink it. Just get one. I, yeah, I, I know I don't have to tell you. <laughs> But like
1: My so, poor mother when I turned up and my nieces and nephews can read now. So, You've got fuck tattooed on your body. Fucking over yeah, dude. Do.
0: <laughs> so no a,
1: tattoos to your twenty six, by the way, nieces and nephews.
0: Have I ever shown you Gordo? Have you seen I've seen Gordo. Okay, so like if I thought too hard about that, Gordo is the representation of a a silly improvised character that was done twice on a podcast that's existed for 10 years Mm -hmm. Um, and if I thought too hard about that I wouldn't have him but I fucking love Gordo Uh, he's my favorite I like I'm also gonna get a like what I think to be a kind of pretty esoteric Simpsons tattoo that I'm super psyched about. But again, if I thought like, I'm mm, going to really want to watch it. Either. Yeah.
1: What's, what's it going to look like when you're old? You know, what's going to look like? Fucking awesome. Yeah. When I'm older, because I have an amazing story of my team, my freehold team sitting around and my nickname's fancy. Yeah my nickname oh you're fancy you want a glass of pinot you're fancy is that you why pin- you
0: ordered pinot today f-
1: I fucking love pino. I love a Willamette pinot you and your
0: Willamette Will-
1: I fucking love pinot it's
0: Willamette by it's the
1: Willamette. way it's Willamette you go there it's Willamette I-,
0: I know if you go there but it's not a cigarette.
1: Well, luckily, I don't smoke cigarettes. But it's <laughs> Willamette in the same way that it's cigarette. You know what? Okay, so when I worked <laughs> in wine, I was corrected to Willamette. So I'm going to go there. And once Americans again, I dumb. just want to say that it's not Moet and Chandon. It's, it's Moet, Moet because Moet was a Dutchman. I just want to put that out there. Suck it. Um so- <laughs>
0: Moet and Chandon.
1: I love a Pinot. I love it. It, it doesn't matter. Like I w- when I'm.
0: I wish we'd been friends when I had a six pack of uh, Claypool Sellers Purple packaderm, which is like. Oh. Okay, so <laughs> do you know? Are you a Primus fan at all?
1: Uh, not huge, but I. But you know about Claypool Sellers, yeah?
0: So I don't know. I actually couldn't tell you how I ended up with this anymore. I think dad ordered it for me or like something i i got somebody to get it for me um and holy fucking shit is it the best american pinot noir i've ever had in my life
1: you know i love the delicacy of uh, beaujolais yeah um for me sometimes when i want to sit i want a little bit of stinky feet in the back of my pinot absolutely mushrooms um, and sheep shit for yeah, everybody I want, a, I want a little stinky feet um but I still want to have that beautiful resonance of a bit of that cassis and 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 pepper and but it's so delicate yeah. and there's not much in my life that is overly delicate. So when I sit down and and I want to enjoy something, I crave a Pinot. At the end of the day, yeah, I really, really do. No,
0: I, uh, you preach in the choir. Yeah. I, I. I love and French. And if I didn't pinot have Noir. to watch
1: my calories and I didn't want to get up and run the next day, I would probably drink a bottle of Pinot every night. Mm. Yeah.
0: I uh, I don't drink wine anymore. Like all I drink is beer. I don't even drink Scotch anymore. And I used to drink yeah, a not yeah. a small amount of Scotch.
1: See, I guess when I'm outside, when I want to click off from work, because mm-hmm. you know that beer the beer is work. Yep. I want to enjoy. You know, I have a I have a healthy. Not, not, not my, my scotch and whiskey collection isn't as healthy as Mason Pym's. God bless him. I love that guy. And we're actually, we're going to Scotland for a little bit of a whiskey tour later oh, this yeah. year. Um, uh, after going to Belgium for a, for a little bit of a beer festival there as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, going to like, going to do some I, fucking wicked I things. can't travel for but-
0: food and booze anymore. I just. I love it. I always feel so shitty when I come No, home. I
1: love it. That's that's one of the reasons now why I do travel. But anyway, you know, like I've got a healthy, you know, scotch and whiskey collection, but that for me is like stepping outside of my work and being able to still indulge my senses and keep my passions going. Totally. You know what I mean? Because
0: when when the fun of when it, well, it used to be that you could enjoy beer and like sit down at like do what we're doing and drink like three or four. Beers yeah, you know it. when I finished um, but it skiing. All feels like work
1: now. Yeah, when I finished skiing, I didn't ski for two years, and that shocked people. But I got so entrenched in the industry and so entrenched in analyzing mm-hmm. every piece of movement with my ski instructing and race coaching qualifications and analyzing racing and analyzing other people's movements, and whatever else. For two yeah. years, I didn't pick my skis up because I couldn't. I couldn't do it to just enjoy it. yeah. Um, and I think that's why I don't want to get to that point of burnout within industry and getting to that really interesting conversation of burnout. I'm not just like burnout through palate or repetition, but mm-hmm. burnout through um, mental and emotional yeah. stress and endurement through our industry, which ultimately at the end of the day is alcohol, central and it doesn't focus enough on mental, emotional and physical health. Not nearly enough. Something that, you know, I'm I'm really trying to push and um, you know, I try to get some Wednesday morning um, strength and conditioning and Muay Thai training going yeah. um, with dear friend um, Scott Mackenzie um, over in Calgary, and and trying to push the the thing of creating that balance. And the one thing I didn't do last year, you no, know, I've I suffer. Not, I'm not going to put it even suffer. I battle. Um, uh, depression yep. runs in the family. I'm kind of being the only one to put myself up, my hand up in my family and be like, I'm kind of fucked and so are you. Um, <laughs> but that's okay. I'm going to deal with it by doing something about it. Yeah. But we don't address it enough um, within our industry, not just within our industry, within craft beer, but within the alcohol industry as a whole. Um, you know, we can forget and compartmentalize all of the things that we're thinking and feeling through the party and through events and through absorbing ourselves. But when we get home at the end of the day or when we're sitting in an empty hotel room, because we're on the road, that's when you really have to deal with it. We don't talk about this enough. And, um, something that I really hope that we can, uh, we can touch more on in the future and make, uh, more awareness um, you know it, it's I, we don 't want to drive those really really good people out of the industry, and we don 't no. want to we don 't want to have to feel that they have to be silenced and we really need to create an open forum and something that you know being in such an industry that 's so new in Alberta um, totally. that I think we can really have a have a point of addressing um, you know I kind of want to create some um, some print media and uh, some initiation around that in the future, and talking to a few people to be able to do that, but making sure that we don't burn out in so many mm-hmm. so many ways, and being able to take a break from what it is that we do. Yeah.
0: Well, it's easy to do, and it's it's easy to to snowball, right? Like where one thing affects the next, and it affects the next, and soon you're just you're not you're not even good at your job anymore. Like you just you're tired of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and um, lacking compassion, I can find sometimes we get so caught up in uh, what it is we need to do from day to day. (laughs) It's just... (laughs) uh, (laughs) Need another drink over there? Um, No, I got to pee. (laughs) (laughs) It's just not... um, uh, Lacking the compassion... Um, from both you know i mean i 'm in the double seat where i 'm employed by somebody um, but i 'm also somebody 's direct report um, and lacking you know i 've been in the opposite opposite seat where my direct report hasn't had the compassion to be able to say, you know, that's enough, Christina, for you today. You know, you you've pushed your sixty, seventy hours. Oh, uh, that's enough for you this week. Go out and go and do this. Have the day off. Um, and knowing where we need to say, not just we need to say no to other people, um, in in an act of compassion, but saying no to ourselves as well. And putting up those uh, putting up those boundaries between personal and professional because our our jobs really do bleed between personal and professional. I mean, we sit here opposite a table, each other, uh, Matt, and we met through a professional realm because of what it is that we do and what it is that we're passionate about. But it's now bled into a personal relationship and and friendship. So separating those two between each other and not having those healthy boundaries and not having a good healthy routine where we think about getting enough minerals and vitamins and um, getting sunshine and going out for a walk and sweating and doing some strength conditioning and and eating right right and encouraging each other to be able to and holding each other accountable Mm -hmm. to be able to do that.
0: I I once had another rep like in a on the road situation as I like push the button for the elevator, she's like, "You fucking sit all day. Take the stairs." And I was like, "You're right. You're, You're right. 100 percent right." Yeah. Uh, and and she was right. And like I I go back and like I definitely waffle, but every time I think about like not taking the stairs, I think about that. Yeah. I think about.
1: See, I don't take eleva- I don't take um elevators. I'm uh, not elevators. Uh, escalators. Escalators. I walk the stairs. And that's and and that's something that I've been I've trained myself to do mm. over time. Um, it takes
0: training. It's it, weird how much it takes training.
1: It does. Um, yeah, that when that was something that I did in university. I mean, I worked. I uh, went to university um, in places in multi-level. Uh. Yes, self I five um, <laughs> in multi-level buildings, and because I would sit studying. I was like, oh, well, I've been sitting studying, so I'm going to take the stairs. Mm -hmm. And now even in airports, and I go, I'm in airports a lot, um, I take the stairs. I pick up, I put my little handle down on my suitcase and I pick my suitcase up and I walk the stairs, mm-hmm. and I am conscious of which side I'm carrying my suitcase on. The next set of stairs, I'm going to carry the suitcase on the other side, and and having mm-hmm. those little things oh. that we can integrate into our lives and talk about—that's real fucking talk.
0: Yeah, um, I my rule of thumb with the elevator is I have to have like really full hands. Like I have to either have like a cart. Correct. Or I'm carrying a <laughs> shitload of things.
1: Next time I see you with the cart, I'm going to yell at you to take the stairs. You know oh. what? I would help you pick up the other end of the cart.
0: That's I, I, I would that. help
1: you pick the other end up of the cart and walk the stairs with you. Uh,
0: the other thing I started doing is so Kels got on this like uh, incremental increases in like a specific exercise or activity. So like. Uh, doing like five squats in one day and then like ten the next, mm-hmm. like built uh, and one was like push ups so I started doing that with her. It was really late in the baseball season, but like watching a game there will be off like commercial breaks happen, and they just show me a blank screen, and ordinarily i 'd get up and get a snack, which she 's like, yep. Do you wanna do this with me? I'm like, you know what? I can do five every fucking inning change, yeah. like every commercial break, and that'll that'll add up to like ninety push ups. Yeah. Or uh sorry, forty five push ups by the yeah. time I'm done. Yeah. Uh why not?
1: Yeah, it's little it's little things like that. Like it's the same thing. I have to I've got to the point now where I actually have to do that every day. I'm my body is Injury speckled. I won't say ridden, but injury injury yeah. speckled. You're injury prone. I uh well, just, you know, all the dumb sports of that I've done that are Well,
0: you do like punch people for fun, so
1: Yeah, or I get punched, or yeah, well, I get yeah, choked that. out, or you know, hip tossed or um, you know, I've slammed into trees, I've broken ankles and hips and concussions and broken toes and fingers and thrown my hip out my back out and you know i've done some nasty stuff to my body but i actually have to get up in the morning and i have to warm up i have for the day i have to do 10 slow squats i have to do 10 core rotations i have to you know warm up my neck can you help me Oh, I, I can totally. I meant do to that. ask
0: my wife before she left, and then she left, and I forgot. <laughs> um, but I like. I feel like I'm not doing it right.
1: Totally, um, and you know. One of the things. Uh, um, sometimes I wish there are certain things in my life that I was completely oblivious to. Like a, sometimes I wish I was oblivious to my palate. More so than anything, I wish I was oblivious to what it is that I'm smelling. But sometimes I wish I was oblivious to the way that my body is feeling. I'm so kinesthetically aware of every little thing that's going on inside of my body. And until so I... So you s- want to be Bane. Uh, Bane as in like The Simpsons... No, Bane as in... Like the Batman villain. A Batman film. Like he doesn't sorry. feel pain. No, right? no, like... I know when something's not working the way that it needs or should be working. I feel extra shitty rather than feeling just the normal level of shitty. Just the normal level of (laughs) shitty. I feel extra shitty. It's like I'm extra offended by things that are normally maybe not offensive or mildly offensive to other people when I smell them. My nickname is the bloodhound. Um, but sometimes there is <laughs> oh, sometimes there is um things you just like oh, I wish I was kind of a little bit more oblivious because um, life would be a little less easier a little less stressful but I think we need to have a lot more awareness within our industry you know our health is not um, taken seriously enough oh, and God, we no. look at the, when we look at the level of and um, when we look at the comparison of body weight and image and mental health and um, this comes down to a physiological um, and biological production of adrenaline, noradrenaline, um, serotonin and, and whatever else, we get a lot of that from exercise and we get a lot of that from contributing and being part of a community um, and sometimes this job can be really isolating yeah um, uh, especially it's, for satellite employees it 's yeah it can be really uh, we don 't um, we don 't put enough emphasis or focus on creating those opportunities for the people within our industry so i 'm really really really, really big about that, and that also comes down. We can do that in a professional sense where we 're helping each other 's business grow by creating community opportunities mm-hmm. and being able to connect with others. On what on the surface looks like a business opportunity, but you're really connecting on more of a personal basis to be able to contribute to something that is greater than just yourself. Yeah, and totally. you know, uh, one of the wh- when we're looking at opening freehold, um, something that we're looking at, at putting in policy is this hashtag robe time, which I'm all about.
0: Hashtag what?
1: Robe time.
0: Uh, I like it.
1: Yeah. Easily yeah.
0: identifiable. I know exactly what you meant.
1: Correct. And this comes actually from, uh, so a friend of mine is the North American ambassador for Belveni. And huh. we had a great chat at That the, sounds like a great job. She And she's um, she's amazing. Um, uh, and we had a great chat at uh, the Banff Whiskey Festival and we were talking and I was like, you look tired go and go to your room and just go take five before your next seminar. She's like, thank you for recognizing that. And she talked about in and they have rope time. And so it's where you need to go and just take five. Mm -hmm. You need to go and be on your own. You need to go and do your five squats. You need to go and, you know, you need to put that boundary around. I'm giving, I'm exchanging and giving energy and, and, and whatever else. But now I just need to take that time back um, and sometimes I don't think that we do that enough uh, within our realm I've got better at doing that even last night um, I got a text from Tavis who's one of our managing uh, owners and operators about something and it was at five fifty-five or something or five whatever else and I just stepped into the gym and I was like Tavis this is the time that I'm leaving tomorrow. Feel free to call me after a.m. tomorrow. I'm switching off for the next couple of hours. I'm going to choke some people. And all I wanted to do for a couple of hours is switch off. Just choke some so choke in, some mother go scratches. Go into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu headspace where all you can do is be present, be on the mats, be with your community, learn something, develop something outside of what it is that we do for a job, move my body, sweat, and challenge myself mm-hmm. in another way. And when you, and I I don't think we put enough boundaries because of our communication that we can have. We're connected to our phone with 50,000 different fucking apps. We're connected to our laptop and we're connected to the radio and we're connected to this and all, all kinds of things. We need to put those boundaries of, and, and have something outside of our work that's not drinking.
0: Right. That isn't also getting drunk. Or yep. also going out and drinking. They said, well getting drunk. Yep. Um, but And I get what you said. We're getting
1: saying. up tomorrow morning and tomorrow. going to the gym.
0: I know. And after you said all that, I was like, well no, I can't <laughs> fucking bail. God damn it. We're
1: getting up tomorrow morning and going to the gym and I'm okay with having a little you know, one or two too many once or you yep. know, once a week for me.
0: The last time I got drunk was two weeks ago.
1: Yeah, I can't say that. Um, <laughs> it was Australia Day on Saturday, okay? Like cruci- p- it was crucify me, Australia
0: Day, Australia
1: Day, mate. Um, that was that was good fun. Wait till next year; it's going to be bigger and better. We're going to do a full canning run, and everything It's going to be nice. Rad. I'll be in the
0: city for that. Yeah, it's going to be psyched. so
1: rad. Um, yeah, we need we need to encourage people having something to do and with. One of the things that I really want to do as far as adopting uh, a freehold um, culture is having robe time and being able to say to your direct report, being able to talk to the people around you about things that are going on, having a personal relationship, but -hmm. but being able to say, you know what, I need to put a boundary around this now and I need to go and look after myself we don't do that enough. And also including in policy as well is is opportunities for physical activity outside of our job. Physical activity as far as subsidy for a gym membership. Yeah, subsidy for a bike club. You know a, something oh, the last best has done, and Phil Bryan, who is my one of my fellow countrymen. Not I love I love him not just because of that, but you know he's so such an avid supporter of during the summer they do they do a bike club. Yeah, and they go riding all over. That's the That's really smart. It's fucking awesome. Um, you know like. We need to be able to advocate for those things and we don't do that enough as far as leaders and business owners totally. within our industry and we need to talk about this and change it not just business, not just in a, a small business fashion but as an industry as a whole. Totally. Hopefully through the Alberta Brewers Association and through our conferences we can start to open the conversation up about that a lot more.
0: You know, if I could get a, a gym membership for like a place I could shower, I would spend my lunch break mm-hmm. on the fucking elliptical on the treadmill or at least a portion of it.
1: Or even going to a class where you can hit a bag or you can, you know, you know, you know what I mean? You can get yeah. some other exercise as well. Coming from the background of uh, coaching and whatever else is not necessarily just about a physical activity. It's also about engaging with a community. Hmm. That's um,
0: not how I approach exercise.
1: Yeah, it's it's not just about getting on a tr getting on a treadmill to me is fucking boring. I love it. It's boring. See, to me it's mindless. Yeah, that's why I love it. Okay, yeah. So and sometimes that's and that and I get that, but for some people they need another social aspect. Totally. Where um, where you're going to a class or you're, you know, you're doing something that's in alignment with other people that's also mm. creating to a joint oh, no, uh I, contribution of energy
0: and when i like my approach to the gym is the polar opposite of you that just like be for me be i want to be head. here yeah. um, i will like i would spend three fucking hours on the treadmill in the summer just like even walking and i'll listen to a ball game and I'll listen to the whole fucking game. Like, I'll hear it play out. But it's, it's exactly that. Like, I'm physically yeah. moving and everything else around me is gone. And I'm focused on what's happening here.
1: Interesting, And yeah. that's, what
0: I, that's what I like about it is it's me time.
1: Interesting. Yeah, see, I find it for me being on a treadmill. And I've had to be on treadmills and bikes for long periods of time with my athletic training. I find it mindless. And I like, and that's probably some, a bit of the ADHD of just, like, I find it mindless and I'm like, I want to go and do something else now. Like I, mm. this is not, unless I've got a grueling pace that I have to put myself through, or if it's just something that's long distance, I'm like, uh, oh, no, I like love it. I kill love me. I Love it so much. Interesting. Yeah. It's, and it's great to see, and we need to, we need to adopt that philosophy so much more.
0: I'm probably drunkenly exaggerating. That's my favorite way to work out. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I love it. Running's <laughs> garbage. Like sweating is the fucking worst. But that's I exactly love, why, because I like I, I don't want to have sweating. to think about like how many reps I'm doing. I just want to like do one thing and forget that I'm even there see,
1: I <laughs> until love, it's over. I love sweating. I love the feeling of being pushed. And being challenged and being in the zone—that's uncomfortable. I, I actually love it. <laughs> oh, and
0: I, like I get that. Like I went the other day. I like and I was like humming hard. Like I, I went and did a day's work. Like after that, I went home and like got changed and packed and went to the gym for thirty minutes or whatever. And I did like thirty minutes on an elliptical and I went hard, mm-hmm. like harder than I would have normally gone. And I'm like yeah feel really fucking good right now like this was great Uh like i get the like exerting yourself and feeling good afterwards but i also would like to just like focus on something else while it's happening yeah i would like some novocaine for that shit please (laughs) and thank you
1: novocaine for the soul
0: do you realize that we did almost an hour past I was like, hey, we're almost done.
1: Oh, we did the thing. We did the thing. You
0: you did a lot of thing. Like, we did the thing. I even got a... to
1: sing Novocaine. Does anybody know that song? Or is it just me?
0: Novocaine by who?
1: Uh, I can't even remember the name, but it's like, Novocaine for the soul before I sputter out. I have to is look it up now. Is that the Eels? I don't know. But it's from like when I was in my late teens. Probably and we all almost. know how old I am, so we're talking like almost twenty years ago.
0: 20, oh <laughs> my god! So I'm ancient. coming
1: up to uh, almost my twentieth. So I finished school in 1999.
0: You finished like university in 1999? No, I finished high, high school, school in
1: nineteen ninety nine. I
0: finished junior high in nineteen ninety nine. Wow! I graduated high school in two thousand three.
1: Hang on, hang on. Yeah, high school. Yeah, so so in Australia we have prep to grade six, which is seven years, and so then we
0: kindergarten, had, one, two, three, four, five, and six. No
1: kindergarten prep. Kindergarten is before,
0: and then prep.
1: And then prep, which is part of primary school. Primary school runs from prep to grade six. So you have kindergarten. Then you have prep to grade six, which is primary school. And then you have high school or secondary schooling, which is year seven to year 12. The last two years, 11 and 12, being, depending on what state you're from. So I was from Victoria. So I had VCE, which is the Victorian Certificate of Education. Which is where you do your final... Um, courses that get so you in like, that get you a score at the end of year twelve that will either get you into university or whatever else. So you're they're, your go to. they're your newts. Pardon? They're your I don't even know what that is.
0: New- it's a Harry Potter joke. Nearly extraordinary wizarding tests. Are okay, like-
1: cool, excellent. I'm glad I did not score on that nerd test. <laughs> yeah, no, like, you should be. Read another
0: fucking book, but for real. Like... I
1: read books, but not... I've got to admit, I've never read a Harry Potter book.
0: They're easily digested. Yeah. They're fun books. Like, they're not unenjoyable to read. They're just... They're not high fantasy or, like, groundbreaking prose. Yeah. It's a fun story about a wizard. Yeah, a I've, very watched, rich, I've watched
1: the movies. I've watched the movies. A very rich
0: wizard who... Grows up to become a cop.
1: Yeah, I've wa- I've watched the movies. I've never actually been engaged enough to uh, to read the book. Funnily enough, though, we're actually starting in Calgary a uh, Bookworms and Beer Nerds group. Nice. Uh, thank you to uh, Drew over at um, New Level Brewing who initiated the um, the group. So yeah, we I uh, invested in a new one of the new fandangled. Um, Kindles. Did you
0: get a waterproof one?
1: I got waterproof and I got the... You strike
0: me as a tub reader. That's probably for the best. I read
1: in the best. I read in the bath.
0: Yeah, the, the tub. I
1: drink whiskey and read in the bath by candlelight. So I got one that I could read you in the dark. You are fancy. I'm fancy as fuck, bitches. <laughs> fancy as fuck. Um, yeah, so I, I, I have a bubble bath. So you know what's also funny? I have a bubble bath. And I do this a couple of times a week, a bubble bath, candles, a whiskey, my book. But the other thing that I also do, and Mason's probably going to hate this, but we, we phone chat in the bath because he loves a fucking bath as well. Uh, and Mason and I phone chat in the bath. And that's just what that, I either that's read my adorable. book- and, or I or my, you know one of my besties and I we you have we a bath, bath together. Chat. No, we don't have a bath together. We fucking bath chat.
0: You have a bath at the same uh, time.
1: Oh, Fuck me. You no. can,
0: it's okay. You can bathe together. It's <laughs> fine. There's no shame. Don't in that. hate
1: me, Mason. Anyway, that's that's the thing, but. I love my Kindle cuz they've got the ones that you now can read in the dark cuz yeah. they've got the high contrast.
0: Yeah, mine's got a backlight on it. But it's not waterproof. It's
1: I, it's the bomb. It's absolutely the bomb. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah, reading. I've never actually read a yeah, Harry Potter. Yeah, right.
0: They like I say they're engaged. They are fun to read, like you'll crush them. Uh but to pretend that they're <sighs> So I went to I realize this is a sensitive topic, and if Paul was here, he has fucking opinions, and they're not invalid. Just like Jesus Christ, read another book. Um, <laughs> but I went to Universal Studios over Christmas with my family, uh, and like one of the first things we did with the group a portion of my family I was with was we went to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Um, which is admittedly cool. Like, I'm I'm not gonna say here be like, You was lame. Like it was it was fucking cool. It's fucking like, cool, yeah. It's it's goddamn diagonale. Like uh-huh. played out in front of you. The roller coaster, Gringotts ride was totally worth the amount of time I spent in line. It was fun. Sure, I, you
1: know all the good words. I don't know those good to good words.
0: Um, but then you realize that you're in a like you're elbow to elbow with a bunch of adults wearing glorified bathrobes and paying sixty dollars for sticks, and you're like Oh, I need to leave.
1: Okay, so you know what you say that? It's so cute. So when I had the leggings company with my ex, um, we used to do the Lethbridge Handmade Market. And we always got this one spot on the end and it was really profitable for us. And then on the other side, there was this beautiful couple um, and they were English and they were in their late 60s and she would make she would make harry potter wizard um she would make harry what are they called wands wands <laughs> that's not that's not harry potter
0: specific <laughs> that's just wizards that's
1: just losing the power of the english language the more that i drink um so she would make these adorable wands it would cost her about 2 bucks to make this one she would sell them for 20 bucks oh, holy shit um god rest Um, her husband's soul and I still keep in contact with her and she sends me messages and and we kind of really bonded because we did kind of for three years back to back we'd had these stalls across from each other but they would make a fucking oh I believe it killing and she's like I'm retired. I don't have to do anything else. And this is fun. And I love it when the kids pick up these ones and their eyes light up. And I was like, you like your check that you take away at the end of the day. She's like, and she turned around and she said, you fucking know it, girl. Yes.
0: Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> it's crazy. Like you can spend anywhere from like thirty to seventy dollars on one of these things, and the right ones will make shit happen. Like if you wave it at something in the park, it'll like light up or something. It's bonkers, and there is a lineup. A huge lineup to pay sixty dollars for a stick.
1: I am I am a little bit anti establishment in the way that I am so not into consumerism. I fucking hate malls. I buy actually everything that I'm wearing beside my freehold um bag, which is way too booby than what I care it to be, is from a thrift store. You're doing alright. I have a Holstein you know, flannel jacket, my jeans, actually my shop, actually that's a lie. My underwear, I do not buy secondhand. My, 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 I, I love thrift store shopping. I'm such a believer in reduce, reuse, recycle. Um, and I hate malls and I, I am a little, I'm anti-establishment that I hate consumerism. Um, Set the sales, said the sales, I'm, but it's an experience and I love the experience around consuming something that makes you happy but I hate going into malls I kind of hate the trend of pop culture and and people who buy things just for the pure sake of buying something not because they genuinely need it and this probably comes from like I lived in a three-story, beautiful apartment in St. Kilda, which is quite um, a trendy part of Melbourne on the beachfront. And I had a house full of antiques and whatever else. And I had three wardrobes with designer clothes and, you know, 16 perfumes and, and whatever else. So you I gave, had
0: the, the materialist.
1: I had all of that. And when I gave it all away, when I decided that I was going to go and work in the ski fields, and I gave my cat away, I gave my furniture away, oh, I gave you my gave clothes a cat away, I gave my cat to my parents. Okay, my my parents got the cat. Okay, we. I'm a crazy cat lady. For those of you that don't know me, but for those of you who know me, you know I'm a crazy cat, cat lady. People, um, Fuck. I gave my cat to my parents. And,
0: See, this, I drink out of cans. You have cats. Like, I have we cats. all have our things.
1: Yeah. Um. So you know, I gave all that stuff away. And the most liberating part of my life was knowing that all that I had for my worldly possessions is what I needed in my ski bag and my backpack. And it was liberating as fuck. And I never want to go back to the place where I feel that the thing that I want is the thing that I need. I make a very, very strong differentiation between one need. between one and the other. Um, I do what I do now because I'm pu- I'm so passionate about it um, and about creating an experience. And for me, um, you know, we we joke about the thing in sales. Um, this is this is part of a lifestyle, yeah. well, you're and it's a part of the thing that that builds my passion and my and it's mm-hmm. part of my soul, you know. It's it's part of essentially who I am at the very very core being of myself. But that's not just about the beer; it's about the people and the experience and the business and the community and all that sort of thing. Um, and th- and that's why, you know, I mm-hmm. I, I sell. I, it's not that I sell. It's a
0: so liquid. You sell I sell an
1: experience for somebody to enjoy something more and get totally. something more out of life. Um, and when we look at things that we have, you know, how is it actually creating something that's how a little more. does it spark more, joy?
0: Pardon? How does it spark joy?
1: How does it spark joy? And for me having, and it's funny, my parents and God bless them. I love them so much. Um, my dad's a bit of a hoarder and I guess that's maybe where I get my thrift store shopping from Could be. a little bit. Um, and my, my mom as well. Um, but you know, we went to this thrift store and they're like, Oh, Christina, there's this and you should have this. And I was like, I've got a two bedroom basement suite that I love. And I redid all myself and I've decorated myself and I put all my love into mm-hmm. it. And they wanted to fill it with things, and I was like, "Mum and Dad, I love you, and I love that you want to buy, but shit. please stop. I don't want all of these yeah. things. I have
0: isn't that a weird conversation to it, have with your folks? I
1: have everything that it is that I need in that space. Yeah. I don't need anything. I else. don't need things. I have. I have all the utensils that I need. Yep. I have my one beautiful Japanese chef knife. I have. I have. A griller—that's my my toaster. I have oh griller. So your broiler—that is the toaster.
0: <laughs> Do you mean a toaster oven?
1: No, no, my actual broiler. In my in my like oven. Like an oven? Yeah.
0: Oh, that's just an oven. Yeah, it's just an oven. Did um, you say griller?
1: Grill. We call it the grill. You co- You guys put. But a the grill is the broil- outside. You broil. No, we call it the grill. Yeah. You Don't fucking fuck weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> um. You know, Only you
0: people would come up with an analogy that involved fucking insects. It's
1: just, I don't even, even now, like, um, buying clothes brand new and that whole reduce, reuse recycle and what it is and my impact and the footprint. And is it, do I actually really need this? Because I came from a place where I just be like, Oh, that's hot. Oh, yeah, I'm getting that. And then I'd wear it once and it'd sit in my wardrobe mm-hmm. for the next two years. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Until I gave it away to somebody else. And I've adopted this principle as well. When I go into something and I get close, I pull something out of my yeah. wardrobe for every piece that I put in there and donate it back. Nice. You know, and keep that kind of just... I'm a little bit of a hippie that way. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I don't even know how we got onto that topic of it's conversation.
0: Fine. Do you, like... <laughs> You gave me two episodes, <laughs> so like you done. Do you think you could do that? So, for those who may or may not know, like eventually within the next year, I am going to move back to Calgary. <laughs> um, so
1: I'm really happy about that. By the way, I'm
0: glad. I'm happy about uh-huh. it too. So like sometimes I wonder if it's my wife that I'm excited to live in the same city as, or you and Sam. <laughs> um, because like I miss I miss me some Sam something fierce. You looking for a bottle
1: opener? I am. I and I don't have my keys on me. Uh this is a Belgium Side Golden night by A. Rince and Green, and I'm really happy. Jackson Hole. Jackson Hole skiing in Jackson Hole. Holy fuck, I jizzed my pants when I did that.
0: So when I move, like Paul will always be a part of this podcast. It's almost as much his as it is mine. Um this is not
1: working. I think I just saw your um O face. No. <laughs> Try to pop that. <laughs>
0: um but I like when Paul talked about moving away I was like he, somebody was like who would you get to replace him and without missing a beat I was like Jacob Instantly, Jacob. But, but, but
1: Jacob Jacob is a special reader person he is. who I fucking adore.
0: I love him so much. However, having spent an hour and 50 minutes talking to you, when I move to Calgary, I'm going to have to find an occasional co-host. So I hope you can do this like on the reg. I can,
1: you, I can totally you've co-host. Now been,
0: you've now been enlisted. Mm-hmm. Um, Christina, thank you so much for uh, for joining us today. This was a goddamn riot. So when we wrap up oh, the so end of the sad. show just to kind of bookend everything uh we like to talk about something that we've been enjoying listening to, reading, watching uh that you know we've been really getting into. We call it sad when it's over. You got something for me? I don't have anything. Sad so.
1: when it's over?
0: Yeah, so we talk about something that you're sad when it's over.
1: Um something that Okay, so I'm going to take from a really, really, real, real experience now, and that's fine. I'm, it's going to be really, really raw, and people may not want to. I'm here for it. Hear this, okay? So, um, this is this is where I wear my heart on my sleeve and where I'm completely transparent and authentic. Do it. Um, last year, I battled a bunch of PTSD um, from emotionally, and mentally abusive relationships over the course of years, and and stemming from parts of my childhood and. Um, Sometimes I meet people who um, who provide a sense of transparency and authenticity and compassion that has been rare to me. And when those connections are fleeting, it really is sad when it's over. And one of the things I've had to do is, is accept that people come in and out of your lives and they... Um, they teach you about yourself and about the world around you. Um, so for me, sad when it's over is not necessarily a superficial, um, experience that you have with something that is, um, liquid or a book or something that you see, but it's, it's with interactions with other people. Um, And something last weekend I met a very, very special human um, who lives elsewhere and, 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 and quite far elsewhere. And to have spent a couple of days with that person and then have to say goodbye, not necessarily forever. And in the age of technology, you can still have phone calls and text messages and whatever else. That person is still there. Um, so sad when it's over is having to let go of a brilliant, um, connection with a human who you wish was, was close, closer. Cool.
0: I was going to cool. talk about Game of Thrones, but now <laughs> I feel like that's trite. So I guess we're done.
1: <laughs> wow. Okay. You took
0: it real, you went. You you weren't joking. You went raw.
1: You asked me when it's sad when it's over.
0: That's that's probably the the best interpretation ever anybody's ever taken of that. All right, I'm not gonna follow it. Just
1: fucking call me Annie, saying goodbye to Daddy Warbucks. What can I say?
0: <laughs> it's the like the one musical I'm not into. You had to like. You can uh, reach the show DrinkthesPod at, at drinkthispod on. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, where can people find you on the internet?
1: On the internet. Um, so branding at, on Instagram at just, J U S T underscore craft, C R A F T underscore beer, B E E R underscore extina at just craft beer extina on Instagram. Is mainly where you can find me. You're
0: not a Twitter user.
1: You know what?
0: It is a hell site. I wouldn't blame you.
1: Um, For minute to minute stuff, I like Twitter, but it's not something that I log into. Um, I find stories on Instagram a lot better. I find it's the more wholesome the narrative uh, on Instagram a lot better, Um, and also on Facebook. Facebook uh, is another one, and once again, I'm on that borderline of. Yeah, the Gen I, X to the millennial you're, like because I'm 1982 I'm a 1982 you're 36 uh 37 in six weeks you
0: are like the first mo- you're, you're
1: I'm the first year and I'm a little bit on that cusp yeah I'm a little bit on that cusp so I still use Facebook quite a lot especially for um for interacting with people all around the world yeah. that I know um but as far as uh, professional reach um, I use uh, just craft beer Xtina I also have at Christina of Charik, which is my personal uh, one which is also a little bit more related to uh, my fighting and martial arts
0: I'm not how am I like I kind of insulted I need now to, you know
1: what I need to link up my my Instagrams a little bit uh, a little bit better um, and then we also have at Xtina and Juice. Drew's Sticker Challenge, which is Drew Sindon and myself. We have that sticker challenge where we need to put uh, stickers in obscure places. Oh, I do follow
0: your other personal account. Never mind. I I'm haven't posted insulted.
1: there in a while. Um, mainly it's just craft the Um So yeah, so I'm on that kind of cusp and interesting kind of um, little... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, purgatory of social media. Limbo. Yeah, limbo um, or of social media Be- engagement.
0: Fair. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Until next time, I have been Matt.
1: I have been Extina.
0: And we will drink with you again soon. Or
1: Foster's. Cheers, Dougie.